Hello! Hi! How is everyone? Oh my gosh, I love you all so much. Can you all hear me? Yes. Hi! Oh my gosh, I love you all. It's Friday, it's happy hour time. I hope you all have your water, your tea, your coffee, whatever you wish. I love you all so much. Oh my gosh, I love your water bottles. This is so fun and I want this to be so participatory. I want to hear from you. I want to, uh, I want you all to participate. I am so excited to talk about my book. This is so fun and there's no reason for us to wait benefiting from it because there's so much great advice in here that completely and totally pertains to what we're going through now. And we should feel more motivated than ever to take hold of our health. And I'm so excited you're all on so we can talk about it. And uh, I can walk you through a little bit of the juice and the meat of this book so we can all just get healthier and happier this weekend and beyond. Adrian, your baby is adorable. Thank you so much for having your cameras on. Um, having your camera on and having your microphone on, uh, just so you know, might, this might get used for social purposes. I wanna repost this uh, hopefully on YouTube or in a podcast form for anyone who isn't able to attend this so everyone can benefit from this as much as possible. So just know that. Um, but I love seeing your beautiful faces. Gina, Pamela, Scarlett, Joni. So everyone, just to start, please write into the chat. I want the chat to be really, really, really participatory. Uh, let's just do something totally random, like um, our favorite thing to do outdoors. <laughs> like jumping on a trampoline, gardening, hopscotch, biking. Crystal says biking, walking the dog, hiking, the beach. Oh gosh, I hope we get good beach days. Yes, Ashley, hiking, playing with your pup, laying in the sun. Oh, I mean, I know this is such a hard and crazy time, believe me, for me and my family and my friends as well, but it's the summer. We have to take advantage of, of it being May and April and spring and just enjoying lighter days, longer days, um, and, and warmer weather as much as possible. Ooh, Joe says photography. I love that. Okay, so I want this chat to be super, super, super engaging, and I really actually want to hear from you. So in order to raise your hand, if you go to participants on the bottom and you say raise hand, then I'm going to take, I, I want to hear from you. The whole purpose of this is like, I didn't want to do an Instagram live. I'm so sick of seeing my face on the screen and just people's names. I want to see you. Yes, Tina. I love you for smiling. You're so cute. So, okay, so before, before we begin, before we uh, get to the meat of this, I wanted to focus today on emotional eating because I feel like it's such a relevant topic and it's something I don't feel like is easy for me to share or convey in a picture on Instagram or something. It's really, you know, storytelling and getting to the heart of it within the book and something that I know most of us need right now uh, to hear, including myself. So I definitely, definitely, Crystal saying all of the emotions these days, 100%. So I definitely want to get into the emotional eating chapter, but before we begin, I want to walk you through also just the table of contents 
and what this book entails so that we can make sure that every single one of these happy hours, we focus on a new chapter, uh, a, a new episode, a new idea to help us all get through the following couple of days. Okay. And I'm just, I'm so excited about this. I love you all. Yay. Rachel says she can't wait for the book. Okay. So here is the beautiful book. Um, it really is so beautiful. I can't wait for all of you to have it in your hands. Thank you to everyone who pre-ordered. Sorry about the late a month, uh, but now it gives us the opportunity to do this. And um, yeah, we, we had like 20 different uh, slots of, you know, gold swatches and all this stuff. So we picked, I think, just beautiful colors and a beautiful thing. And what I really love about the book more than absolutely anything is that it is 100% lined in testimonials. Real, real, real life people like you, like me, who have done this program with so much success and have lost so much weight. And honestly, I have never in my life, I have so many weight loss books that people have sent me in the past and everything. I've never in my life seen a weight loss book, not just share like a story about someone who lost weight, but actually line the entire book of before and afters and testimonials and people's stories. I mean, it's so unbelievable and inspiring how much color we got in here. Simon & Schuster was the publisher. Uh, Beachbody was my partner on it, making me like just, oh gosh, look how beautiful this is. Just really getting us through this process that's been a true labor of love and I can't wait for all of you to have it. So, okay. So I want to walk you through just the, the heart of the book, the structure of it. And you guys can all start voting in the chat what you want the next subject to be. Like I said today, I think we're gonna focus more on emotional eating, but I would love to hear you guys just rant in the chat about which is like, ooh, ah, ooh, oh, I can't put, you know, just, just to get you a little bit more in the know about what the book is about. So the table of contents, uh, the forward of the book is by Lisa Lillian of Hungry Girl. I don't know if any of you ever heard that. Hi, Jody Baransinga. So good to see you. Um, so Hungry Girl wrote the forward, which means a lot to me because she was a true inspiration to me for a long time and I interned for her. Um, we have Welcome to the 2B Mindset, a little brief overview on that. Uh, Hungry Girl fan. Yeah, hey, Kathy, that's awesome. Um, chapter one is all about motivation. And I feel like today I'll talk about emotional eating, but I want to get to that motivational chapter. Chapter two is my three pillars of weight loss. And basically through so much private counseling with my private clients, I've realized that eating choices usually come down to one of three things, which I call my three pillars of weight loss, which is one, the nutritional side of things, making sure you're eating good choices, you're drinking water, eating veggies, so you're in a smarter stage, but also the emotional side of things. And that's why we're gonna get to that. And then also the environmental, how your environment shapes how your weight is going to turn. And I know a lot of you are telling me lately that you're emotional eating, you're eating so much junk food, you're binge eating, you're eating while watching TV, you're eating while stressed listening to the news, on the phone with friends and family. And I hear you because from an environment perspective, feeling trapped, feeling like food is your only source of fun, activity, and comfort now is definitely not ideal from an environmental standpoint of losing weight but think about how many environmental things we're actually benefiting from by staying inside. We don't have people, uh, we don't have rounds and rounds of courses when we're going to eat. You know, we don't have appetizer course and dessert course, and we don't have rounds of sugary cocktails, and we don't have all-you-can-eat buffets, and we don't have 
food pushers in our family, you know, at larger events, and we don't have all of that right now. So now is actually a very good time to lose weight. And that's why I'm really, 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 really inspired to do these happy hours because studies are coming out over and over again that in terms of obesity's risk factor in terms of coronavirus, we're seeing it's really eye-opening and health right now is like the only most reliable source of wealth. And now is an amazing time to just focus on our health and our well-being to put us in the absolute safest and healthiest state, especially as people are, you know, saying that the fall and the winter might have a resurgence and all these things. We want to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to take control of our health and put our bodies in the healthiest, strongest state possible to overcome anything that gets thrown at us, right? So that is the theme of these happy hours. And that's why I'm so glad you're on it to attend because you're empowered to do so. And um, then I have my core four, which if you have a mindset program, you know the core four are my two bunnies. And we talk about the food groups in here a little bit too, but definitely from a storytelling perspective. And then we have the most delicious recipes in this book. You're going to go bonkers for spaghetti squash carbonara, the bacon and date cabbage salad, a three ingredients, spaghetti squash lasagna, cabbage steaks with roasted red pepper dip, PB&J shake, um, Wonder Whip, like Lara's Best Salmon, great jumbo burgers, so just like delicious, delicious, delicious recipes, like ways to do chicken in the instant pot. And then the four week slim down plan is out of control. I think you guys are going to be obsessed with the amount of color in this beautiful book. I, I'm just speechless. When I got it, I was blown away. I didn't even expect it to have that much color, to be completely honest. It was kind of like a was my as my daughter calls a finishing touch. Um, but the coolest thing really is also it's four week slim down plan. So there's a legit four week meal plan in here incorporating all the recipes with tips of how to cook it, freeze it, prepare for it, and grocery list before every single week. So going into week one, what are some tips? Uh, what do you wanna make in at what time? So we like literally the meal plan. I mean, people sell meal plans alone for 20 bucks, um, a four week meal plan, let alone the fact that it's just like just another wedge within this book. So I think you guys are gonna be absolutely obsessed with it. And then we go into the second half of the book after the recipes and meal plan is where a lot of tough love and, and real mindset shifting takes place. That's where we have never say no to eating, kiss deprivation goodbye, learning how to treat, not cheat. Stop cheating with your, you know, a negative relationship and, and spiral with food. Um, how to change your mindset, your old mindset to a new mindset. And then stopping the self-sabotage, which was like the number one most requested chapter I go into uh, the last time I went live. And the stopping self-sabotage is an unbelievable chapter, but I really think it would be a disservice to all the previous chapters that help already get you to the point that you could hear that ending self-sabotage. So, and then exercise, where exercise fits in, and then all on maintenance mode. So if you've already hit your weight loss goal or not, maintenance mode I think is incredibly important to start thinking about on day one. I want people to be thinking about maintaining their weight on day one of a weight loss journey. So you realize that you're not doing this right now so you can go overboard later. You're doing this now so you realize, oh wow, and then to maintain it, I have to do a lot of these similar things. Yeah. And that's how you really adjust to realizing like this is a lifestyle. This is good living. This is living well. This is caring for myself. Um, so, and then a whole chapter talking about how to 
further bring this on. Okay, self-sabotage. I know you guys all say you continuously self-sabotage. So I, before I get into the meat and get going on the emotional eating chapter, which is the whole self-sabotage eating, I, when everyone was requesting the self-sabotage eating and we went through it, I realized with more knowledge of emotional eating, with more knowledge of nutritional eating, with more knowledge of where exercise really fits in, with more knowledge of a lot of these other things, self-sabotage eating wouldn't take place as frequently. So before I just get into self-sabotage eating, um, I do want to get into uh, the underbelly of it, which is highly um, being fueled by emotional eating. So before I get in it, can you guys raise your hand and someone share the last you know, form of emotional eating that that you encountered and so we can all relate i mean i'll start i'll raise my hand and start and just say that um it was passover for the past eight days and there's some things we don't eat for passover and even though i've been feeling completely fine and satisfied with the food i've been eating for passover i felt like once it ended you know there's always this rush of comfort eating my whole childhood passover's over now you get to eat whatever you want which is i'm sure how some people feel when they are doing intermittent fasting and the fast is over or people who you know take things off for lent or otherwise instead of looking at it as an opportunity to establish new healthy habits i went into a little uh, negative territory last night i'm like i just want chocolate i want something that's really good in chocolate not something like eh, good in chocolate but luckily i had a beach bar which totally did the trick and it was high in protein and satisfying so uh, that was my little thing but it was definitely like an emotional thing I wasn't really hungry so it does still happen okay so let me see um, anyone I see raising hands can someone raise hand press participant and if you just raise your hand physically I can I can take it off to Jody let's hear from you Jody um, hold on how do I take you from being up oh, you're off let me hear from you hi Jody actually came on my last retreat so it's so great to see you here. Share with Thank us you. What your last situation like. Yeah, so I um, I got laid off because of coronavirus, and so I was really, you know, upset. Um, <laughs> and I intentionally said to myself, I was like, "All right, I got laid off. I'm gonna I'm gonna emotional eat." And like I said it out loud, it was probably the first time in my whole like journey that I said like intentionally, I'm going to self-sabotage. And by saying it out loud, um, the next day I was like, I'm going to be so sad all day. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to eat and cry and be sad. And by the next day, I just didn't feel like it. And I had even gone out and like bought junk food and like all of that. So yeah, I think like it's important for people to realize that emotional eating you know, I say a lot in my program, it's never okay and, and all these things, but it still happens. And so I wanted to share that it happened to me even last night. So you realize like it will still happen. It does still happen. There's no one who's never emotionally ate. It's actually impossible, whether it's happy because you're celebrating or sad or what. And there's an aspect of emotion in eating. It's an emotion. It, there, it, to say it's like, it's, but if anyone exercises regularly, you know there are emotions that, that come out in exercise too. There's emotions that come out in, in using the bathroom and showering. Like emotions are what makes us human. So they're going to interact with all these different periods. And emotional eating and eating from emotional period um, states 
it doesn't necessarily all go away, but the goal is to make it not a habit, right? So if it happens, you get better at identifying that it happened and you move on, you get back on with a healthy lifestyle and you don't feel the need to have it then spiral down to a whole vicious and continual place, which is why I think you all keep saying you want self-sabotage. You want me to focus on self-sabotage. And one of the aspects of self-sabotaging is that in and of itself, it could become a habit. Um, so that the real core of this book is trying to get you on to healthier habits one step at a time so that not only will you drop the weight, but you'll drop it for good. Because if it's a habit to drop weight, if it's a habit to be healthy, then you're, you get right back on right away. And that is really the heart and the theme of this book of just drop it, but get the consistency, like get the consistency, get the habits in place, get the motivation in place so you drop it for good. Um, Katie Fazio, I see you said something in the chat. Can you, do you want to come on? Does someone else want to come on and share their last episode of emotional self-sabotage eating? Uh, Julie Martin. Can I see you, Julie Martin? Let me see. I don't know. I'm uh, Caitlin. I don't know if you see it. Oh, I don't know if Judy Martin wanted to be called out, but I see some hands raised here. Um, I see. Oh, you do, Julie Martin? Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Now. What's up? Okay. Um, Where are you calling from? Ohio. And I make Kodiak waffles, and I never binge on them at all. And I had, I ate two of them with peanut butter on. They're mini waffles, but I ate them standing up. I never do that. I continued cooking the other waffles and I self-sabotaged. I didn't enjoy it. It was in the plan, but I didn't enjoy it. <sighs> Happens to all of us. Okay. All right. Let's someone else. Maria. Yeah. It's Katie Fazio. You mentioned my name. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I'm sorry, what was the question about like a recent emotional eating episode? Yeah, or? Last time you emotionally ate, give us the whole story, who was there, what it was, what each lick meant and what, like get into it. Cause we've all been there and it's so, it's such a nice sigh of relief seeing all your beautiful faces and realizing we are all so in this together. So please share. For me, it was actually Passover because I made a, a flourless chocolate cake and I was really stressed out because my husband was not helping me very much with the kids and I was trying to make like five different things at once and like I don't know what it was but I was just like stressed and feeling anxious and like like I served us all our portion and then my husband put the leftovers in the fridge and then like later I went back for more I was like okay I'm just gonna have a tiny slice but it was not a tiny slice and then I felt really horrible right. about myself. I'm sorry that you felt horrible don't ever feel horrible and I really hope you know you guys realize while reading this book and while and through the happy hours and and this whole book tour in and of itself i hope you realize that the reason why it's called you can drop it is because it's it's i don't want you to lose weight it's not you can lose it i don't want you to lose this i don't want you to ever find it again okay this is like i just want you to drop it like drop the mic drop it all drop the not just the weight not just you're going to drop the weight but I want you to drop the negative thinking, the guilty eating, the self-sabotage thinking, the inconsistency, the also just um, fueling of expectations. So I think you know one thing is we also have to drop the expectations. 
And I think one thing is we have to drop the expectations on everyone else in our households now. And I, I think that that keeps, you know, a reoccurring theme, like our kids expect so much from us and we expect so much from spouses and, 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 you know, so much, but like, I think everyone is going through this and, you know, whether it's in the state of, you know, COVID-19 or in the state of, of anything in life, you know, I definitely, my husband's here and we're going to make the next theme for uh, the mindset membership you know, all about getting, you know, your family members on board and, and how my husband and I have come a long way in trying to get, you know, trying to get him to be more supportive in terms of my weight loss and other, in other words. But I think it also just comes from a state of not trying to expect things, right? Like I just, you also have to, we have to get to a point where we're so strong in our own state that when we're eating emotionally, it's kind of like we're taking some ownership of it. I love Jody that you said like, I'm emotionally eating now. I think that is definitely step one of overcoming emotional eating is, is taking things. But no, I've definitely blamed a lot of emotional eating on my husband. I'm not going to uh, say I haven't, but uh, I, I want to get into and show you how this book is really also a matter of like taking a lot into your control because a lot of what we're going through right now is just this horrible feeling of uncertainty. And that is such an aggravating feeling. And when you become more independent and strong in your relationship with food and weight loss mindset, you, you just feel more in control of every aspect of your life. So um, I definitely want to get to it. So uh, I want to share with you, uh, I want to read to you uh, straight from the book, if that's okay with you guys. You guys ready? All right, and I can't help but be so animated and enthusiastic that I typically deviate and want to get back to seeing your faces. So um, just try to stay with me. And I love Diane Moffat. I feel like you're knitting or something, and that's just like such a lovely uh, view. If any of you are like cooking, oh hey Dee Dee, oh my gosh Dee Dee, I'm so happy to see you on here. Dee Dee's down so much weight, which is oh my gosh Dee Dee, Dee Dee you might even be on the cover. I think you might even be, yeah, Didi, Darlene, Darlene lost 84 pounds in, in, in uh, 16 months right here on the front cover, represent. Yeah. Congratulations on your book. Oh, oh gosh, I love Didi. Didi. I love you Didi, too. Didi can share so much. Before I get into emotional eating, Didi, just, I mean, literally, you're like the first, the first picture in the inside flap of the book. Didi, how have you overcome emotional eating? Give us, give us some juice. You know what, uh, with this whole thing that's going on, you know, um, the first, because I'm in New York, so we got hit really crazy, and we've been on quarantine for over a month now, and the first week, I flipped out a little bit. You know, I was having wine every night, my treating was turning into cheating, um, I was going overboard on the dairy, and I felt horrible, and I was like, I know better than this, so me personally, I, I prayed to God, because I can't control anything that's going on, but I can't control what I'm doing in my own house. And so I said, okay, it's time to, to get back to normal, my, my normal. And um, honestly, I, I did the ultimate reset with the to be mindset. <laughs> I was like, I just need to stop. I just need to do a, a cleanse, you know? And I found that people were having all these percussions from it, like headaches and nausea. And I didn't have that. And I said, I didn't have that because I live a 2D mindset lifestyle. I didn't suffer from all those detoxifying things that they were going through because I live the 2D mindset. Because you're being so consistent. I mean, look at you. I mean, Didi, 
Didi, we've come, I mean, Didi, I feel like we've come so far in, um, can I share a little bit about? Yeah, go yeah. for it. I mean, Didi's so amazing. She was in the original To Be Mindset test group, and, and I remember it was such a transition. There's a beautiful chapter in my book that I, I thought of you, Didi, while I was writing, because there's a whole chapter um, later in the book, which we can focus on on another uh, happy hour, which is all about, you know, dropping your identity around food right like and, and i think i go into that a little bit here so I'll, I'll start reading but i remember for dd she was like i have curves i'm not losing my curves i don't want to lose my curves and then finally she realized even when you drop 84 pounds you maintain gorgeous curves you just feel healthier and more confident yeah everything. yeah so that was definitely that's definitely an aspect that this book touches too. So not only dropping emotional eating, but I think you guys are going to be pretty freaked out when you read this book of how much I get it. Um, and, and yeah, let me just start reading, reading here. So thank you. And all of my 81 clients, thank you too. <laughs> okay. So let's get into, this is the emotional, uh, the emotional, uh, pillar because within the, within the book, I talk about my three pillars, weight loss, the nutritional aspect of why we eat, the emotional and the environmental. So I'm going into the emotional pillar. Okay. Has, and please like nod, share, chat as I read. So you guys continue to stay like animated, ooh and ah in the chat and, and, and share, share your feedback because I'd love to go into it afterwards and read it. Okay, so emotional. Has anyone ever said that you're big boned or that you have a slow metabolism. One doctor notified me that I had fat genes. I was told all that stuff my entire childhood. True or not, I didn't know, but they made for easy excuses. I must be fat because I was born that way, I thought. And as a child of obese parents whose own parents were obese, why would I ever think otherwise? Right? If I only saw that my parents were obese and their parents were obese and everyone around me was, I just thought that was obviously my destiny. But eventually I would start meeting friends and their families and I would say to myself, you know what? They're actually eating differently than my family is. They actually talk about food a lot differently than we do. My family, we were over obsessed with food and we were preoccupied with food. And I'm gonna deviate right now off this book. My husband's here and he knows. I got the most unbelievable email last night because I sent out a newsletter announcing my book and that I was gonna be doing this at this call right now. And someone who used to be a friend of my family's, but very, very slim, wrote me an email and said that she really wants to read my book because she's, just as slim as she was growing up, but she's become, she's really obsessed with food and weight and she doesn't sure why, but she thinks it's because she was always around my family and me. And she's like, I hope it's okay that I said that. And I, it was like the most shocking thing. I was like, I don't blame you for saying that. I mean, you, you and your family being slim was just as alien to me as we probably were to you. So I'm sorry if we impacted you in that way. So it's just like a, okay, I'll move on. But um, yeah, this is, it's a real thing. Um, and it's very cultural, right? So we were over obsessed with food. We were preoccupied with food. Food was all we would think of and talk about. It gives us anxiety. It gives us excitement and it's emotional and it's overwhelming. I realized there's more livable approach to eating well and living well. I realized it was about more of a mentality 
than a metabolism. That's why I needed to start telling myself, and now I'm telling you, you need emotional healing, not emotional eating. And I, I told that to myself um, after my mother passed and I found myself kind of like in a swarm of what am I supposed to do right now? And I tried emotional eating and thank goodness for the scale in that moment because when I, oh, sorry, uh, because when I went on the scale in that week, I realized, okay, so it went up a pound or whatever it is. And cause it was just, you know, I was going on consistently. It wasn't, I didn't go on after a week. I went on after a day or two and I saw that it went up and I realized my life was still in a swarm of uncertainty and chaos and sadness and loneliness and all those feelings. And then I realized, Ooh, I need emotional healing, not emotional eating. And, um, if you're stressed, if you're sad, or even if you're just overwhelmed because you're hosting people or having people come into town, or you have a huge to-do list and don't know where to start. Sometimes you have to realize I need emotional healing, not emotional eating. This is one of my absolute favorite quote-unquote Alana-isms. Um, I want you all to use it. I want you to share it. I want you to tell it to yourself. As you reach for things, remind yourself, I need emotional healing, not emotional eating. I need answers when this social distancing period is over. I need answers of what my job is going to, you know, what's going to be of my job or my industry. Like, it's getting to, to the root of that. Um, we all need healing. And I wrote this when we weren't going through this because it doesn't matter at what point or stage of life it is, we're all hurt so much throughout life and disappointed. We all need a sense of healing and comfort. Even if you're not going through a heavy time, you may need a break, a sense of relief. Life can be really hard. And when you start to identify what is overwhelming you and causing you to emotionally eat, pressure at work, budget concerns, politics. You'd think I wrote this yesterday, right? The death of a loved one, indecision, or whatever it is, you can feel better by having more control over your eating. And it's true because you can feel better by having more control over anything in your life during a period of no control. So eating is one of those things that come up and they come up often. So when you feel like you have control over it and you feel like you do what, I mean, even the other day, I was reaching for this like salty whatever snack and I put it down in the middle and I was like, I'm not going to eat just because. And then I tweeted it. <laughs> I'm not going to eat just because. I'm not going to eat just because. And that sense of empowerment, oh my gosh, does that make you feel amazing. Before I continue, anyone want to share anything? Come on say something, raise your hand. I want to hear from you. Yeah, Maria. How do I take you off, Maria? Hi. Hey. Um, so for me, the emotional eating part really stems from like old routines, like sitting in the living room yes. on the couch. I'm so happy you say that. And for me, my husband is working from home now because of all of this. And the other night, the kids were in bed, we were sitting, and I said, I can't sit here because I could feel myself going to the pantry. So I made my tea and I went upstairs because yeah, girl. that whole situation is 
I think when he's not here, it's more of a boredom thing. And I just knew that it was going to get out of control really quick. Totally. And I, I, you know, I definitely, definitely talk about that uh, within the book, The Ritual of Overeating, The Ritual of Self-Sabotage Eating, the, the ritual of it all is something we're more hung on to than we realize. Mm-hmm. And that's why I walk you so deep into the steps of how to drop it. So um, yeah, like on these calls, I'm definitely introducing these subjects, but the actual steps on how to drop it um, are definitely um, later and deeper into these chapters. I'm just, you know, giving the overview of the start of it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And I'm going to continue reading this part just to, just to uh, bring it forward, which is, and I love this line. I have to highlight this and put this on a t-shirt or something, but control brings calm. Yeah, Judy's into that. Judy Hammes gave me a, gave me a shout out for that one. Control brings calm. And sometimes we eat because we're feeling like I have control over this. I'm going to eat these cookies because that's my decision and I'm in control of that decision. And you don't realize that you can foster the same amount of control, if not more control, by also not having that. And I love those three words, control brings calm. When I was a kid, we moved around a ton. I lived in 18 different homes before I turned 20. I actually counted for the sake of writing this book, which brought so much emotion for me to this surface as I pulled all-nighters on that couch behind me, um, that, you know, just counting 18 different homes before I turned 20. I mean, we moved and moved and I didn't even, like, I would blink and everything would be rearranged. I'd come home from summer camp to a different place. Um, So, yeah, definitely a lot of that. Um, My parents got remarried, they got divorced, they got remarried. Um, I mean, we're talking a lot of instability and food was always my comfort and my vice. And I had one stool in the kitchen, right in front of the TV. Talk about ritual, Maria. I had one stool in the kitchen, right in front of the TV. And that was my safe place. No matter what food would come, I would eat and eat and eat. Jars of peanut butter, gifted desserts, dinner meant for the entire family that I would eat myself, leftovers, huge bag of rolls while walking home from school. I'd eat a whole bag of rolls and be like, what happened? We sold for eighth grade for our yearbook. We sold these doughy, doughy bread rolls the size of my face. And they were the most doughy, like they were pretty much dough and they were huge. And I would basically support my, uh, quote unquote, support my eighth grade yearbook by buying several bags. And I would walk home from school and literally eat this bag. I mean, it was like eating a whole loaf of Wonder Bread on a couple blocks of walk. I mean, just imagine how I got to the size I got to. Um, uh, Oh, I love that you guys are all writing in the chat. You're so amazing. Tamara wrote, I noticed that when my boyfriend tries to keep me on track, I tend to emotionally eat more. I want to be in control of what I eat. Yeah, my husband and I definitely have a whole slew of that. He's going to actually be on the filming for the Mindset membership uh, when we talk about that. So he could share how much I've yelled at him when he's gotten me to eat when I didn't want to. Um, so yeah, I totally hear that. Anyone else want to share like any sort of ritual of emotional eating that they're reeling is yeah, Dara Pullman Spano. I wonder if it's just clicking on you. That's getting you to unmute. Yeah, there you are. Hey. Okay. So, um, I don't know if it's not just an isolated 
emotional eating moment. It's through this whole COVID thing. I'm in New York. I'm in uh, Westchester, right outside of New York City, very close to where this whole thing started in New Rochelle. So we're on, I don't know, six weeks of this. And it's not just, I went and binged on, on the cookies that I found in the cabinet. It's more of a, a derailment from the whole routine that has led to the emotional eating. It's that, do I get motivated? Uh, you know what? I'm not weighing myself today because I drank last night and I just can't deal with it today. We, but I know what I'm supposed to do and I think I'll drink the water and I, I drink the water and I know how I'm supposed to eat and I just don't. Right. And then find myself grabbing the wrong things and oh, that, that piece of chocolate looks good. That's, it's okay to have a piece of chocolate, but if I'm not tracking and doing all the things, that's when it gets out of control. Then you're not even enjoying it. Um, yeah, you no, are. I'm not. No. Actually, um, I heard my husband coming and not that, you know, I'm not six years old. I mean, I can eat what I want. I heard him coming and I ran to hide the chocolate. <laughs> and I think he thought I was hiding liquor. And I, okay. He thought I was hiding liquor from him. And I was hiding a piece of chocolate like a child. Okay. And, you know, that he wouldn't catch me. Not that he would have even known that this was out of routine. Like that's the emotional eating for me. Well, a lot of us, I think, are just also starving for like our own space, you know? Even if you're in quarantine on your own, living in, you know, a one bedroom apartment or a studio apartment, like a family member I know in New York City and like a hundred square feet by, by themselves, um, you still, it's like, you still feel like you want to have your own space because even if you are living alone, your one space is now such a multitasking space. I mean, I, I mean, I, what, what used to be our, our living room is now, I mean, arts and crafts, kindergarten or classroom, like it, there's nothing it isn't. It's workout space, it's workspace, it's, it's everything. And I think, you know, the hiding from him, it's not that he would have known. It's just like, I need my own time with someone not interrupting me with someone with something not getting there. So, oh, yes, it's a lot. It is, this is a lot. This is a lot. What we're going through is a lot. Oh my gosh, Dara, thank you for sharing. You can get on it. And, and before I continue, I want to also express, we have been in this pseudo um, social distancing, stay at home, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, for about, you know, four to six weeks now, wherever you are. I mean, I don't even have, thank goodness for the 2B Mindset Tracker. Otherwise, I would have no idea what day of the week or day it is. Um, but we've been in it for a long time. It feels like we haven't made the most of it. But I want to all inspire you before I keep reading from the book. We're going to probably be in this state for at least another month. It is never too late to get it together. I'm going to repeat this nine times right now to the point where I want to start seeing your mouths move, okay, with me. It's never too late to get it together. Thank you, Gina and Lee and Sarah. Let's go. It's never too late to get it together. It's never too late to get it together. I tell myself this at least three times a week. It's never too late to get it together. I tell it to my daughter. I tell it to my husband. I tell it to clients. I tell it to you. It's never too late to get it together. It doesn't matter what you've been eating. It doesn't matter what you've been doing. It doesn't matter how much you've been sitting or how 
much chocolate you've been eating or how little you've been exercising or getting outside or sleeping or doing anything productive. It's never too late to get it together. And it does only take a couple of days to start building a habit and getting through that hard point until you start seeing that smooth sailing awesome part. So now is really an amazing time to get it together because, you know, deviating from the book right now, like there, there, and I said it before briefly, I'm talking about environment. Now, now our environment, I know it seems like so much is out of our control because we're like feeling stuck and, and thrown and pulled in so many directions, but come on. I mean, we don't have an appetizer course. We don't have a dessert course. We don't have, you know, that time period that you're, you know, driving and you don't have a snack on you and that you can't stop to use the bathroom. So you don't want to drink water. I mean, there's so many things we have in our control right now. And now is a really great time to take hold of it. So, all right. You're all so amazing. This is honestly the most fun thing ever. I can't wait to have these happy hours like constantly um, and keep going. All right, I'm gonna read. Oh, this is funny. Even today, when I wrote this, I'm constantly reintroduced to my emotional eating self. But when you actually become real with it and you realize the immense connection between your body and your choices, you also become very clear about what isn't working for you, which eventually becomes something you repel rather than crave. And I think Jody, you know, Jody at the beginning was talking about her emotional eating. It's like she wanted so badly to just have this emotional eating episode. And, and she wanted to believe that she would go into this negative spiral of self-sabotage and ritual she's done in the past. But, you know, with just getting, she, you know, with acknowledging that she has more of a healthy lifestyle in her habit now because she's been doing the tubing mindset for so long and came on my retreat and everything, she, she couldn't even bring herself to self-sabotage again that next day. So it's because it really becomes something you repel rather than crave. When you really tackle emotional eating the way I'm going to show you in the book and through these calls, like you realize like it's something you actually don't crave. It's something you start to really get like um, a bad taste, a sour taste in your mouth of because you will also discover new healthy outlets for these feelings that you'll turn to soon as if they were second nature or muscle memory, like taking a walk, like working out, like drinking water, like tracking. You start to realize that these things that seem hard, you know, when you're just getting started, tracking, going on the scale, drinking water, eating veggies, you know, taking a walk, meditating, breathing, all these things feel super hard when you're just starting. But eventually you realize how positive of a perspective they give you and it actually becomes something that you crave, um, which is how I felt with the bar blend workout. Like it actually is something that I do crave every morning. So um, I, I want to keep going in this chapter, but I have this very special section on emotional eating A to Z where I name, I think, tw 20 kinds of different emotional eating. And for the sake of time, I kind of want to skip to it and talk about the really relevant ones. I mean, I think you are all going to laugh really hard when you read this book. I won't share all of them, so it stays like something that you're looking forward to. But we can say emotional eating all we want. I've worked with so many thousands of people and myself have been such an emotional eater in the past that I know calling it emotional eating is not even close to doing this huge thing justice. It just doesn't even scratch the surface using the word emotional eating. So that's why I literally have this huge list, emotional eating A through Z. And um, I want to share just a couple with you now. Yeah. Okay, and then I wanted to, yeah, Nani Hunter. Okay, Nani Hunter, I'm, I'm tracking you. I want to see which one of these uh, you uh, are curious in. Okay, 
let's start with A, because we're doing A to Z. Um, anger eating. Okay, I want to keep the chat open because I really want to see what you guys say about this. Anger eating. You're mad as hell, and you're going to take it out on that poor bowl of egg noodles and butter or cereal or milk. <laughs> Rachel's like, oh yeah, I got it. That's me. Um, so this is, this is like more of a dictionary. So it's real, me just identifying what they are. Okay, this is, this is a, a relevant one. Avoidance eating. Avoidance eating. Let me uh, know if you can relate to that. When you have a deep or latent issue, like the passing of a loved one or a dysfunctional relationship, and you're eating rather than facing the deep problem or insecurity. Yeah? Yeah, Kendra, yeah, Bernie waving. I know, because we're all in this together. That's why this is uh, Avocado. I don't know your real name, but I love your nickname, Avocado. Um, I'm gonna skip around. This is a good one. This is a relevant one. FOMO eating. FOMO eating. When you're in a group setting or any setting with any other person and you feel as though, or just looking on social media, or looking at a video call is the same thing. When you're in that type of group setting and you feel as though you need to eat or drink with everyone else so you aren't feeling left out. Taylor hears me on that one. This happens frequently in the workplace, which is now again, if this was an issue for you in the past, you might be um, in a more, more happy place now because it happens frequently with people in offices. You know, nurses at the nurse station, you know, the cupcakes that come in if you're working. I mean, and talk about even in hospitals, like in the healthiest places, those, the treats that come into the center. My husband's old workplace, over the holidays, he wouldn't be gifted cookies. They would be gifted like cakes, like seven tier wedding cakes. And people would just come in and rip off slices all day long. Like talk about having no ability to track a thin slice versus a thick slice or stop. Um, so this happens, uh, another example is a bottomless brunch, another thing we're benefiting from not having now, where you feel the need to drink as much as your girlfriends to avoid the comments. P.S. I have a P.S. in here, so I'm P.S.ing you now, Nicole and Bert and everyone on here. Um, anyone shaming you for making a good choice for yourself is not a friend at all. I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to repeat that. Yes, I love, I love that a lot of you are resonating with that. P.S., and I'm so glad there are over 100 of us on here, so we know that we're not alone in wanting to care for our health and our body and drop this weight and this, like, just, you know, annoying eating struggle once and for all so we just don't have to deal with it again. Like, that's the goal here. So, P.S., I'm going to repeat it again. Anyone shaming you for making a good choice for yourself is not a friend at all. And if they don't understand that, it's something very worth having a discussion with. That's why I'm making it the theme of the mindset membership for next month, because I think I want people who are, have been successful with this to actually share the scripts they used to tell their you know, spouses or family members or sisters or moms to essentially kind of like, stop trying to tell me not to take the healthy measures I need to be my best self. So uh, that's a good one. Um, okay, and I, I wanna do this one because we kind of touched on it. Actually, let me take a break. Nani, do you wanna share? Do you like any of these so far? Should I do one more before we break? Well, yeah, I totally, um, all of them are good, but that anyone shaming you, you know, I mean, you know how it is, right? I mean, it could be someone in your own house. 
you know, you're doing so good and somebody will just like, oh, are you on a cleanse or something? You know, <laughs> but um, thank God I read that book for agreements, you know, <laughs> so I didn't take it personally. But that was my main thing is um, it didn't matter where I went. You know, if I sat, I just because I was just like, you know what, I'm doing this for me because I'm not going to go backwards again um, with all your help and stuff. But yeah, that's just my biggest thing I get for people who kind of just know me from maybe outside. And then I go and if I sit and eat and you can tell, like, I mean, some people are rude, you know? So I've had them just go, Oh, are you on one of your cleanses? Or are you on one of this? Oh, you're not eating that. Or you're not, you know, and I'm just like, I'm eating for me. Yeah. I mean, you turn out to be a bitch after a while, but you know, I'm just like, ah, but they're not your friends. So you have to, you have to also think though, if like, if you're being a bitch to others, you know, with every choice comes sacrifice. So a sacrifice in how you're going to look to someone else is in, is making more room for you to be kinder to your own self. So, you know, sometimes choices have sacrifices, like dropping the cookie is a sacrifice, but there's an also a win there because you're also showing yourself that you have a great sense of control. So we, you know, everything is, it's kind of like the glass half full, half empty, but it's in terms of like saying no to something is also saying yes to something else. So saying, you know, bitchiness to someone else is also saying a huge hug to your own self. So I love that. Good for you. Okay. I want to do this last one. Um, I have so many in here. I, we could do a whole nother happy hour and I can get through a couple more uh, before you guys even get the book. Cause there's so many good ones, but I think this one kind of came up in the beginning. So I'll bring it up now. Identity eating. Identity eating is an interesting one. Um, when you were pinned as the big guy or girl or eater of the family, it can be hard to break. So even my husband had this and he grew up in a slim family, but he would just, he's tall and he had this rapid period of growth where Everyone was like, oh, Noah will eat it. Noah will eat it because he was so hungry at that point. And I had to actually like call him out for it of like, your family still kind of does that. And you don't really need to eat like that anymore. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you've done your growing, you're good. But it, it kind of, and he was like, you're right. Like it, it does still actually come up like what they used to say as a teenager now, because it's almost like an identity that was formed and it could be hard to break. And I worked with several people who were even big as a kid who weren't, this is interesting. I worked with several people like clients who weren't big as a kid, just maybe slightly bigger than their super slim siblings, or just because they were slightly bigger than the sport they were playing. Like they were in ballet or gymnastics or something like that. And they were still mocked a bit. And from then on, they felt as though people were expecting them to eat. And they felt as though they were broader by nature, even if they weren't at all. And this continued to haunt them later in their lives. And see chapter nine for more tools on changing your self-perception. I definitely want to get into that at some point on these calls. But um, I'd love to hear from anyone. Did anyone ever experience that where they just feel like, they call themselves a chocolate lover. And so people inherently just buy them more chocolate, you know? Yes. Christine, Christine is like, yes. You know, that's part of an identity. If you're like the pizza eater of the family, people are, that is identity that you create or they create or whatever it is, but that will sometimes work a long time against you. Uh, Christine, I'd love to um, unmute you if possible. And if you want to share. Oh. I don't know how to do that right now. Oops. Um, but I didn't know if you wanted to share either. But um, please uh, share chats. I kind of want to, can I just can quickly hear me? Yeah, I can, can you hear, hear me? me? Okay, yeah. cool. 
Um, everybody knows me as the sugar eater. So oh. whenever there's a party, they're like, oh, Christine's going to eat all the cake. She's going to have candy. And at the month of December, I decided I wasn't having any sugar the whole month because I just needed to kind of break a habit. And literally for Christmas, one of my Christmas gifts was this ginormous vase full of candy. And what happened to I, it? I didn't even know what. Um, I gave it to somebody else. I switched. I'm like, can Good you please switch? Because I will literally eat this whole thing like by tomorrow. So someone switched with me, switch gifts. Gosh, it was like a so inspiring. Yeah. You're so inspiring. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's so, there's so much, this identity piece is so strong. I can't even tell you. Yeah. For me and losing like this a hundred pounds, like it, there were so many different points of identity that I got stuck with. I mean, for a long time, I just got stuck like even in a healthy place, like just saying like, you know, I, I got to a healthy BMI at some point, but I wasn't at my necessary goal. But, you know, even that, I would, you know, you can get comfortable and you can, you can just create identities for yourself the whole time. And my goal is by the end of this book, you are going to be so convinced of how strong and your identity is going to be this untouchable conqueror that literally like things are just going to bounce off you like you've never seen possible because awesome. I mean, yeah, we carry this all the time. Like, oh, I, I mean, I literally everyone raise your hands or like just physically. I would love that if you've said that you have a sweet tooth. <laughs> everyone raise their hand. <laughs> I have this like a whole, I like, I think I have like three pages on the book of just that term sweet tooth of how frustrating that is. Your teeth are made of enamel. There's calcium in them. There's phosphorus in them. There is like, there's no like jelly bean in the center of that enamel um just saying i have a sweet tooth is it just puts you into this state of like not victimhood per se but just this sort of like oh what am i gonna do i have a sweet tooth right um it was like i did it to myself last night saying like i need chocolate i wanted chocolate i wanted chocolate i didn't need chocolate my kidneys and my you know my hip bones and my lungs weren't saying we we're requesting chocolate right now right so it, it's really a lot of this the ritual the emotional the identity the escapism um the just uh, yeah channel of it all that that i feel like we that we really 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 do we really 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 do okay so i want to give you some sort of like meat um to move on i'm going it's like, I feel like I'm just jumping around to random tips. I just want you to be able to leave this call with something that you can move on with. Um, so I, I skipped over down to the stop the self-sabotage chapter. I have uh, five ways to steal yourself against self-sabotage. So I'm going to read number four just randomly in hopes that that's, uh, that's a good one right here, but actually they all seem pretty good, but we'll, we'll focus on one now. So you could really take the time to focus on it maybe this weekend and then maybe come on to the next happy hour and definitely share, you know, how you were with this. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, okay. So number four in the stop, um, five ways to steal yourself against self-sabotage is learn to politely pass, learn to politely pass. We're faced with more than 200 eating decisions every day. Thousands if you're going grocery shopping or, order, or ordering food from food delivery apps with dozens of online menus to choose from. 
this isn't relevant now. We pass vending machines, unless you have one in your living room. We pass vending machines and snacks everywhere we go. And then they're also, um, all of the sweets and treats our family, friends, and coworkers offer us. It is endless and can, heart, and can really hinder our ability to stay focused. It's important to use Din Heo. So if you have the To Be Mindset program, you know Dinteo. Remember, it stands for Do I Need This Eating Opportunity to help you stay mindful. When you do pass, rather than saying no, you can use my mom's great line, no thanks, I'm good. I love this phrase because no thanks is quick and polite and I'm good is a friendly reminder that you are good and it gives you a sense of empowerment. No thanks, I'm good. I don't need to eat just cause. I really don't need this eating opportunity just cause it's there. Um, so we can make sure that we're at least deciphering from emotional eating and nutritional eating of like, am I actually really hungry? Uh, and I hope that that helps. Does anyone wanna uh, come on and share Dinteo, like any success with Dinteo in the past? This oh, free? Yeah. yeah? A lot of my, a lot of my um, friends, Oh my God, I have to do Dinato, Nani Dinato. I'm like, right? <laughs> you know, I like your emotional healing now. That's a new one. Emotional healing and control brings calm. Yes. We got new ones now. Wait, um, oh, there's so many new ones. I have little bursts throughout the book of Alanaisms, and those two aren't even ones that are bolded and highlighted. So definitely when you order your copy of You Can Drop It on yeah. Amazon and when you get it, have a highlighter in place. Look what I did. I was so excited for these happy hour calls. I was going through it just briefly with, oh good, Rachel showing me her highlighter collection. I love that. That's a sexy collection right there. Um, I have this post-it collection of all these different colors and I'm like, oh my gosh, that would make an amazing happy hour topic. That would make an amazing happy hour topic. Uh, so I'm so glad we got to do the first start of the emotional eating, starting to uncover it a little bit. Uh, I can't thank you enough for being on this call. This is just so amazing. What do you guys want to make the topic next time? You want to put it in the chat? I, I was thinking of doing motivation, finding motivation anywhere, because I think right now, you know, a lot of us had events. We had weddings, we had trips, we had um, a summit, we had all these things planned that were canceled. It's kind of one of these things where who knew you had so many events until they were all canceled, right? Uh, so it's hard to feel motivated right now when there aren't a lot of dates or events to look forward to, especially because you know, they kind of keep moving the date on how long this quarantine period is, is going. So uh, I was going to make that the, the subject, but um, yeah, I hope you're interested in that. Yeah. I wish I could pronounce your name, Yahimia Zabrian. Um, I love that name, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I got it somewhat. I love you guys. This was so great. This was so great. Thank you so much for being on. And I mean, anyone want to say one last thing? Like something from this particular call that was helpful or that stands out? I see Madison, I see Leah, Ashley. Kind of want to make it so I could. I don't see any hands raised. Let me see. It's me never see. too late to get it together. Yes. Thank you for calling that one out. It's never too late to get it together. Never too late to get it together. This was amazing. Yay. Um, 
Nani said you ordered the book. I'm so glad for you all to get it. Thank you so much, everyone who has pre-ordered it. Thank you for coming on this. I'm going to put up the schedule for the next happy hour one. I'll put it up on my Instagram and my Facebook page and hopefully in a newsletter too. So um, I would love to do these twice a week, um, two or three times a week. Yeah, yeah, we're into it, Aliza Fader. Hey, I'm so glad. Okay, I'm so glad. I love to hear from you. Please be ready to come on and to share. And especially if Dinteo, Never Too Late to Get It Together, Control Brings Calm, if any of these brought help to you, please post it on your Instagram stories. Tag me to it so I can see it, so more people can see this because, gosh, everyone needs to hear this right now. I think everyone who didn't even know the term emotional eating prior to a month ago is now being smacked in the face with it. Um, you know, just thinking about people who, you know, they only drink and ate with their buddies on Tuesday nights and it was all out of fun and games and never out of like sad or boredom or habit to their knowledge. And now that's, you know, probably something they're like really acknowledging, <laughs> acknowledging a hardcore. So listen, we're all in this together. It's never too late to get it together. I really thank you all so much for being part of this. You've heard the sunshine of, of my life. I really, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next time. Have an amazing weekend. Yeah. I love you all. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much.